This is the Masonic Light Podcast featuring Pete Ruggieri and Larry Maris. A non-stuffy, somewhat humorous approach to understanding our craft. We guarantee you'll have a good time or your money back. This podcast is not endorsed or approved by the Grand Lodge or any jurisdiction. In fact, they'll probably hate it. And now, here's our host, Pete Ruggieri and Larry Maris. Welcome, everybody. We're back. Uh, we, we have our, we're, we're, I think we're getting better. We figured out how to set this uh, equipment up. We're recording here in the Lancaster Masonic Center in the dining room. The Harold and what's the guy's last name? Schmuck. We're in the schmuck dining room, which is pretty appropriate. Um, uh, <laughs> and his wife. Mr. and Mrs. Schmuck. Yeah, I heard um, they were a bunch of schmucks. And, and because the, the, uh, the schmucks are here and, and Mrs., we have our first guest um, for today or in our new production facility. And it'd be Jonna Hoover. Green. That means good? Jonna Hoover Green. Oh, you got married. Oh, that's that why happens. there's that little boy behind <laughs> you. And, and there's a son right there. I think so. Jonna Hoover Green. And um, so, Jonna, the rules here are pretty simple. You can chime in whenever you want. Um, we're going to ask you some questions later. But first, we're going to introduce our co-host. we got Larry Maris. Nice to be here. Nice that you're here. Yeah. And uh, Jason Lewis. Glad to be here, as always. And who's our new uh, audio engineer. And uh, who's uh, your guest there, uh, Miss Jonna? Who's, uh, My trusty sidekick, Holden, is with me. Hey, Holden. He is excited to be along and not have to carry dishes through the Masonic Center dining room today. That's his, he's, a, he's a busser, hoping to move into serving. Well, um, Jason brought a treat over there on the table you might want to uh, uh, share with he, us. I think he already had some donuts. Oh, okay. Brought some donuts from Byler's Donuts. Uh, I'm very excited about that. It's next to my mean cup. Fix. Yeah, that's yes. great. Holden, you don't have a mic, but give us a what's up. Proof of life over there. How's it going? There we go. Hey, there you are. Awesome. It's going good. <laughs> All right, so Larry, what's going on? Anything going on in your Masonic world in the past? Uh... Well, a little bit more active than the last show we had. Uh, Ghost and Gridiron, of course, is really, really active. We had uh, uh, something unusual. We had kind of like family day at the Ghost and Gridiron. And uh, family showed up. My family from France came in and... Uh, uh, John Reese's kids from Texas came in. We had a nice gathering, and uh, we were very happy with that. But the real good news is Jason ordered the pins, and they should be here any day now. About three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> But yeah, but close. It's not magic. Uh, Larry, yeah. I had no idea I missed Family Day at Goose and Gridiron. Yes. I always, I'm like, Dad, how was your breakfast to program the world? Like, are you, Did they give you the marching orders for taking over yet? That's always... Every Thursday morning, you can find out what's the deal. I think the unspoken rule with Goose and Gridiron is that kids are always welcome, but it's unspoken, so nobody's jumping up and down about it, but they're obviously welcome. Yeah. And if you listen to episode 10, you would have heard about the exact same Goose and Gridiron uh, that we attended, because we've recorded almost back-to-back. Right, and Larry totally for- blocked out and forgot a week. Did, it's did still I, exciting, Did I mention Larry? that the last time? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Jason, did you do anything uh, Masonically since then? Oddly enough, I went to Goose and Gridiron last Thursday, and everybody's family was there. It was amazing. And I heard some French kids shot some guns. Yes, I heard that, too. Well, um, yesterday, I had the two of you over my house. That was the closest thing I had to Masonic. And we drank some really crappy beer that was left over from our uh, Colonial Grotto Association meeting. We had some uh, National Bohemian from uh, Baltimore. 
And Paps Blue Ribbon. And yeah, some Paps Blue Ribbon from. You have to invite Matt Green. Jersey he loves, City. He loves the low class beer. Oh, very oh, nice. So man. I got. Well, the that good, was low. The good news is I still have some left. <laughs> magically, <laughs> all magically all the Jameson and the Scotch got drank, but uh, <laughs> just plenty of beer left. I would have drank more, but I was on my deathbed. Still don't feel 100%, but uh, I'll try not to infect you guys. Yeah. I left shortly after Jason did. Yeah, keep your I, sinus infection over there. I had a cold Joan yeah. maintaining a safe distance. Yeah, seeing as how the mics are color-coded, we should uh, You get the sign. green for sick. Yeah. I have the orange Donald Trump microphone. Larry, Larry's is blue Larry's like another blue. part of his anatomy. Uh, blue like his uh, political yeah. affiliation. Pete, you've got <laughs> some really good news uh, about you, uh, about the uh, Grotto hosting the Colonial Grotto Association last weekend. Yeah, we talked about that on our last broadcast. No, we didn't. <laughs> it it didn't up. take place before our last broadcast. Bozo. I thought I almost had him. So, yeah, we had the Colonial Grotto Association in town, and it was kind of neat. We had the current president is David Hinton, and he is the past monarch of Samus Grotto in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, they are an old grotto, and they're they have a building. They have an old movie theater, and it's really really cool. And it's right like downtown Main Street. Um, so he is a also a bagpipe player, and he's been a in, in like, he's in like some like rock and roll kind of you know bands with bagpipes uh, called the X Band. So you can probably look him up, the X Band. So he brought his bagpipes with him. Um, I did not know there was going to be a talent portion of the. Well, we didn't tonight. either. We didn't either. So, uh, you know, the, the, the big thing was Saturday, um, neither the vice president or the second vice president showed up at the Congress. So, normally in, in Masonic things, if you just have a heartbeat, we promote you. Hey, you with your eyes open. Yeah, we promote you. Yeah, so. Uh, I guess I was sitting in the front row, and I got not. Oh, I rookie am, mistake. Yeah, I am. Well I am that. now the president of the Congressional Grotto Association. <laughs> right to the head of the line. Oh yeah, they just moved me right in. Um, so that was fun, and then we went to dinner downtown, and uh, Prophet David uh, brought his bagpipes, and he led us all through downtown with our bagpipes while we're wearing jackets and fezes. Now People that. Were, that had to be awesome. It was it was uh, slightly embarrassing, but um, I managed to get enough drinks in me that it was fun. See, this is very threatening. This is how the overthrow of governments happens. Exactly. A bunch of guys in formal wear with a bagpipe. <laughs> Look out. And the good news is we, we went into an Irish bar. And I guess they didn't check his uh, check his paperwork that he's actually Scottish, but they let him in, and he was playing Happy Birthday. Yeah, he was playing Happy Birthday in Annie Bailey. So oh it was, for people, cool. it was a good time. Uh, is that it? Did you have any Masonic going on in the past? Um, we're recently? in like um, Masonic preseason. Like we're getting all the newsletters ready, all of that stuff. I've got a couple of fundraisers in the works. Those kind of things. All right, dinner theater. It's popular with the appendant bodies. That's what we're. Are, the appendant bodies, yeah. affiliated bodies. I don't know what we are. It's something Co-ed like that. organizations. Well, what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. And wait, then, wait, wait, hang on. Oh, I, got, I, go. I do have one thing. Well, it's, it's not me. It's for John. I know it's not necessarily you, but I believe one of your uh, spawn had uh, Dimele, uh, oh, Keyman. Oh, yes. Yeah. My oldest child went to Keyman. I like, offered is him that, on is the that like bur- Is that like Burning Man? It was, I don't know. I, oh. I wasn't there. I said to him one time, I saw that some other parents had stayed for one of the events. I said, oh, sweetheart, I'm sorry. I didn't know I could stay. He goes, I know. I feel really bad for those kids. We'll need to post <laughs> this picture on uh, 
the, <laughs> face, the, the Facebook page. But, the best. But the entire Keyman. So Keyman is like a big leadership uh, thing, that, the camp that these To the these rest of the world, do. I said he was at leadership camp because otherwise I don't have half an hour to explain is it kinda this like, to It's kind of like Trump University. Yes. Absolutely. So okay. I don't know how many kids were there. There had to be 50, maybe 100 kids. I think 103. 103. And the right worshipful grandmaster came out and spoke to everybody. And there's all sorts of counselors from all over the state. I mean, it's a huge deal. And there was they, Canadians there. And they take, oh, really? Yes. Courtesy so, salute. So they take a massive picture in, at Masonic Villages, everybody, and they must have been taken with like a drone or something because it's a nice aerial shot. And there's one kid that, you know, we're, we're not uh, on video here, but he's got his cheeks puffed out. You know, it was like this a, face. Like a chipmunk. Well, didn't you, somebody shared a great picture. Was it your son or this one? Yeah, it was him. Yeah, what was, was that kid. one? That was what the was kid like, photo? oh my gosh, is it over yet? Yeah, so yeah, you're very photogenic family. How long do you figure the photo session lasted, bud? Like a minute. Like a minute? How There's long no were way. you how long was like the lining up and getting everybody oh, in? You mean everything? Yeah, that whole like process. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. That's yeah, all that's, that's too long. He he's not well prepared for masonry if he can't no. sit oh. through ten minutes. No, not at all. That'll it'll, come it, in his second year of Demolay. It'll get beaten out of him. That's like halfway through the short way of opening. So, in any event. All right, we'll go to a quick break, and we'll come back with uh, what we're going to let Larry shine, and he's going to interview Miss uh, Mrs. Green. (laughs) You're listening to episode 11 of the Masonic Light Podcast, brought to you by R. Scott Hoover, your personal painter. Hey, and we're back here at Masonic Light Podcast. Uh, This is Pete. We've got Larry and Jason here with us, and our special guest, Jonna Hoover Green. That's me. So, Jonna, so um, could you get, we're, we're trying to get like a, just a brief synopsis of, uh, about you. What's, uh, my regular life? Just tell so. us about your non Masonic life. Tell us oh, about your, man. your life. Um, I usually tell people I'm a Lancaster County girl. I graduated from Millersville. I got drugged to Montana and, um, ended up, I came home with a baby and a master's degree and the same man that I went with. So that's always a plus. And um, now we have two boys. Were you in a compound out there or something? No. But I could tell you where to find them. Like, I got a bunker waiting. And now I teach higher ed in Reading at Berks Technical Institute. Nice. In between my many nights at the Langster Masonic Center. And how about a... So when did you start uh, getting involved? I don't know if it's one of Larry's questions. How long have you been in the Masonic family? Well, I, was, I should say I was born into a Masonic family. I, you know, have the benefit to have grown up around it. But the first thing I ever signed was a paper with purple ink on it when I was 11 because Job's daughter's color is purple. And so their applications and stuff is purple ink. Sign on the line. Very nice. And uh, we're going to let Larry take over and I'm going to go eat a donut. <laughs> All right. All right. We didn't get into the nitty gritty, but you have a... What I, and here, here's something we talked about last night. What do you call In the, the appendix, not a bar, uh, that are Eastern Star, that are Amarith, where they're co-educational or uh, strictly ladies or women? What do you call that? And they're part of our family. But we, I struggled with the they're names. sort of in the Masonic constellation of options, but I. Th- I, I think the technical word, like what I had heard before was the appendant bodies or Masonic affiliated organizations. I don't like the, when people say the women's organizations because they really are co-ed, which sounds collegiate, but 
it's for men and women. I've said auxiliary because I think that other organizations. Nah. Well, yeah, I know. I know. That's, 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 fire department. But I think that other folks understand. That's a that, good that term to right. use to the uninitiated if you're trying to explain to the, what to it the is. Profane. Shut up! I gotta have a donut, this donut now. Is freaking amazing. <laughs> is that the Oreo? I got the Oreo donut. Shout so, out to Bylers, by the way. New donut place in town called Bylers Donuts, but they've been uh, rocking out donuts for years in Philadelphia's Reading Terminal Market. And uh, yeah, so I think it just shortened all of our lifespan by about five years. <laughs> but it's so worth it. And they moved right in next to Mean Cup, which is a uh, Masonic Light pre-planning coffee joint. Jonna, you are the oldest of six kids. Let's start this over. (laughs) Just keep it running, Jason. No, just keep going. So Larry bought himself a new mic stand, and he can't figure it the hell out, and it's driving him nuts. We we really need to have some Larry looks like he has his act together more than the rest of you. Yeah, but I don't. I'm a professional (laughs) with my donut. Okay, uh, but you're the oldest of six kids. You have four brothers and another sister. Yes. Which... Growing up, that was a lot of responsibility for you. A lot. So I was, always happy, boys, I was always happy to go away on Job's daughter's functions because it got me out of the house from the rest of those kids. Not, all, not all, only that. You grew up in a family where your grandfather was a Mason. Both grandfathers. Both grandfathers. Your dad's a Mason. Yes. And your mother was extremely involved in Eastern Star. Yes. I thought everybody's dad had a tux. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. My mom left once a month in a white dress. Your dad has a tux. Like, isn't that everybody's house? How how did that have an impact on you? Well, when I was really young, not so much. But um, because there was a bunch of kids, so we were pretty involved with that. Um, My dad didn't go through the chairs or anything in masonry then. um, And I really thought he was going to die as a member of Blue Lodge. That was kind of like his hallmark, although he has failed miserably at that in the last three years Thanks to Pete, mostly. Because <laughs> I got him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what your uh, gateway drug into the higher degrees was, but Pete <laughs> opened the door, and then they just like kicked it down. All I know is when I joined Lamberton Lodge, your dad was like senior deacon, and uh, now that it's fifteen, twenty years later, he's still like senior deacon. He loves it. Junior he, warden. He, he, well, yeah, yeah, it's yeah but he, he keeps he keeps graduating, and then he's like, uh, "Now you go ahead." Got it. Yeah, so. and he's Tyler for life in uh, the Lodge Perfection. Yeah, actually, he uh, he joined Grotto. Has a great time. And he's somebody so has to be the DD for Grotto. Yeah, exactly. Is what exactly. it comes down to. Exactly, there has to be someone to fill out the the report if anything goes down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but growing up, it was really like my activity. My mom had been in Eastern Star when we were young. She was worthy matron, and then she was a um, deputy when we were still all at home and things like that. So we got to see her service and that kind of stuff. But it wasn't until we were 18 and could sign on the line for ourselves that it really got wild. You're using wild and Eastern Star in the same (laughs) sentence? You don't know. See, you got a whole arm of tattoos left for these places. I know. You got to talk to your boy Lewis over here. He knows about it. Not Eastern Star. I know about Amaranth. I know that I went to one meeting, and uh, that's pretty much enough. Well, my, my, my only um, run-in with um, Eastern Star, when I was a little younger, some ladies came up to the fourth floor and said, could you help us out um, and help us carry the... There's a rug. Somewhere in this building, there's a rug on the third floor that they roll out for either a degree or maybe just a regular meeting. 
So we're carrying this rug down and we start rolling this out and it's a black rug with a white pentagram on it. And I'm like, um, colors, also colors. Oh, there's colors oh, too. Yeah. But I'm like, uh, so when people have these funny stories about Freemasonry, it's you guys. And she was, you know, she was, she had a good sense of humor. She's like, well, somebody's, somebody's got to do the hard work. <laughs> <laughs> Once they find out that the real secret is pancake breakfast, it's such a letdown. They have to look for some other symbols. How many generations, and I found this interesting, how many generations has your total family been involved in Freemasonry? Well, trusty sidekick here makes it generation five. Generation five. My grandfathers separately um, gained a favorable view of Masonry, is that the accepted term, in World War II, and um, in separate places, came home and um, one encouraged his wife to join, and she became a member of Eastern Star, and his mother is what kicks us back that other generation that it really came in at my grandfather's, but then one of their moms. So thanks, World War II, for you know saving democracy and promoting masonry. It's when we had our biggest growth as a, as a craft, and we haven't been close to that since. So with your family, because I know your, your family is also very involved in, in, uh, in church activities. Yes. And... Um, your church is, I would call it, I mean, it's not, you know, it's a different world here in Lancaster County because uh, you're not as, you guys aren't as conservative, say, as like the Mennonites and the Amish. No. But it's still a pretty conservative church. Pretty conservative church we grew up in, absolutely. Right. So what are their feelings of Freemasonry? Because generally not favorable, but I really think that it's a lot of miscommunication and misunderstanding. Um, they're, you know, I, I was I loved hearing that from Chris Rodkey when he was here before because there's a lot of things that I don't know that I'm just willing to take on my understanding and what I see because there's not the what I think what people make a fuss about is that well these are religious organizations. I was like, no Mason is telling you this is a religious organization. You labeled it as such. So I don't get caught up in their interpretations of what we do and I try and uh, they don't. Bring, they don't whisper when you come in the room and, uh, and walk probably. Away. No, but you know, there's six of us. I'm used to that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hoover's have broad shoulders for that. We're a bad test case. Yeah. But it, I, you know, I try and let them know that it does. If there was something that was there, that was counterintuitive, or not counterintuitive, but you know, against your beliefs, against our beliefs, your, or against yeah. that. You know, my dad has a whole step that he goes through. He's first a Christian husband, father, American, Mason, I'm pretty sure is the lineup. And if any of those things underneath falls out of line with the things above, then it doesn't work for him. And so I think that you can absolutely find other things, but it's a great way to interact with people who have different views and to be able to learn from them this, you know, people have value beyond their eternity. Ooh. I, I always had creepy uh, music for that. I'm looking at you, I, Lewis. <laughs> looking at me. Jeez. I always had difficulty with the religious aspect, uh, with the problems that we seem to have with religion. And it's been going on for three, four hundred years, actually. And to me, it was uh, promulgated by one specific church, one, perci- one specific religious ch- organization. And I won't mention the name. Anyway... But what happens is all the different Protestant movements, the various evangelical movements, they've adopted 
what that universal Catholic Church has found what they thought wrong with us. And they're following in their footsteps, but at the same time, they would condemn that universal Catholic Church. Apparently, Larry just became our guest. Man. Well, I was going to say, I don't, I'm like, I was thinking about that, Larry. Like, I don't know that it was that the church has had problems with masonry for 300 years. I think that the modern church has problems with Freemasonry, and some of it is semantics. Like, if you read prayers out of a school book from 80 years ago, I think that you could find theological issue with them. Mm-hmm. But I, actually, there was political re- issues before. I mean, there's a whole anti-Masonic party because they, they wanted that power. There, there was, there and was. once they figure out it's pancakes, very disappointing. Ah. Just remember, Larry, the... Um the uh, the Jock de Malay got burned at the stake, so you know kind of, we're just getting even. Yeah, yeah right. they started it. <laughs> That's what we got say. a chip for centuries. <laughs> I just want to point out that I have a new pancake pin for my nice. Fez for Grotto, and it's been months that I've been able to show anybody. I'm so disappointed. My Fez is in the car, but that uh, summer break is rough. You keep saying pancakes, and I've been itching to show off this pin. One of the first things, uh, one of the things yesterday we talked about. Was he a, keeps referring yesterday. It, yeah, we had a great, t- we had a long conversation yeah, late he, at yeah, night. Yeah. He, it, meanwhile, he's so un-American. Michael Phelps is getting his twentieth and twenty-first medal, and he's like, "Oh, no Olympics." And he's actually said a very bad word pre- before the Olympics. Note to Scott Hoover: There was no swearing involved in this show so far. You have, uh, and you, you said this explicit to me, explicitly to me. And it impressed me very much uh, that it was a goal of a goal of yours to maintain a tradition while at the same time remaining relevant. Yes. And I thought those are some of the best phrases or words I've heard in a long time. How do you do that? I don't know. I don't have good answers on that. I, I'm trying to like hang on long enough that we can figure it out. There's definitely an old guard in every organization. I love that Holden spent one week with D. Malay and already knows Mason jokes about changing light bulbs. But Well, there's only three Mason jokes. We established that last week. No, he has a new one for you. Oh, let's hear it. Come on. Oh, come on. How many Masons does it take to screw in a light bulb? I don't know how many. Three. One to screw in the light bulb, one to take minutes, and one to say that's not how he used to do it. That's yeah. good. That's good. So that, but that balance between being something that carries on the traditions and is, has all of the beautiful heritage of these organizations, which I desperately love, but also can function in society today when people are committed to soccer practice and everything else that, you know, to um, head of household issues, all of that stuff. So what does like, so you're, are you passworthy matron or are you, what are you with Eastern Star? Yes. Pa- you know, uh, past matron and also for Amaranth, past royal matron. Okay, so... Past honored queen, past state sweetheart. How long do you have? So, okay. (laughs) Now, maybe, like, to try and explain, give me, like, the 30-second speech about what Amaranth is. Amaranth originally was a further degree of Eastern Star. There's some others in that category, too. So Amaranth would look a lot like Eastern Star, white dresses... Also, we have, you know, a Mason involved. I don't think anybody gets an obligation anywhere that it's not a guy in a tux, I think is how they like that to be moved forward. But so it's a co-educational organization also. In Pennsylvania, it's much smaller than Eastern Star. 
And of course, almost everyone who is in Amaranth was first an Eastern star or comes, you know, through both doors, but. Okay. And what would be, what would be the explanation for, uh, about Eastern star? If you had to do a 30 second on Eastern star. Oh, Eastern star is the largest fraternal organization that extends membership to both men and women international organization, lots of charitable focuses. Amaranth fights diabetes is the short answer for that. Eastern we're, star has tons of charitable focus. As we're wolfing down donuts, I guess we're on the diabetes <laughs> side. We can help you. Yeah. You know, when Jason uh, explained Amaranth to us several weeks ago, back, he did pretty good. I was listening, but I was so he confused. He paid attention. I was so confused. I'm thinking that it was a liqueur that they banned in France because it could kill you. And I'm stuck here. You mean there's an organization that That's drinks absent. this stuff? I know, I know. Now I found I'm out. I'm a gin girl. He, he keeps thinking he's funny. It's, it's hilarious. But Amaranth is set up as a, like, um, a queen's court. So the royal matron has a crown, the whole deal. There's a sword. You know, the women wear gloves. It's, it's barely a sword. You could like put olives in it and you know, have a martini. Okay. That, that's the grotto version. And like, is there any movement anywhere to make either Amaranth or, or uh, Eastern Star kind of fun to attract the younger women? Well, no. People have varying definitions of fun. So I think that Amaranth, um, because it's smaller, the expectations are different with Amaranth maybe. They have beautiful ritual work. They have fantastic members. But we have a fun weekend. Eastern Star, it's hard to get everyone around a table for stuff like that. And so a lot of the fun happens on the chapter level where Amaranth is in Pennsylvania. You can still get people around a, you know, a table and a, and a conference center for the state level. So it's more fun at the state level. Okay. That, does that still sound positive? Yeah. They're, yeah, bo- they're both fantastic organizations. And some people really have um, sort of an affinity for one but there's a lot of, you know, back and forth between like, oh, are you a member of both organizations? Uh, no, none of the men who that you see in any of these are in one organization. Like that's ludicrous. <laughs> I think so. there is a, a challenge in Lancaster about Amaranth. Is, you know, Eastern Star used to meet here and they don't meet here anymore. And, you know, Eastern Star being, in my opinion, the more popular of the two, it's not as accessible as Amaranth. You know, Amaranth does meet here and it's inexpensive to join and it's a very nice group. So here's my plug, even though I've been picking on Amaranth. I mean, I think Amaranth is a great uh, co-ed organization and, and it's not expensive enough to keep you away to check it out. would make a lovely tattoo. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah. I'm running, I have a Jeep and I have very limited bumper space. So I'm running out of space for emblems. <laughs> but the ritual work is, is spot on. It's great. Even a light version of commandery in a, in a sense. Okay. So. Swords, that's the tie-in there. Swords, all about swords. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Larry's uh, got his legs crossed, and uh, we'll be right back. (laughs) Brothers, are you having trouble keeping up with your honeydew list? Are you overwhelmed with your job, no free time, and then you still have to go to lodge? If you need anything painted, R. Scott Hoover's the man. But it's kind of mysterious, just like anything in the Masons. You, you can't really just contact him directly. You have to contact Masonic Light, and we'll pass that on. But I guess the good thing is, is if we actually book the business, then we'll get 10%, and we can keep the lights on. So remember, R. Scott Hoover, your personal painter, 
Thank you so much. Also, special thanks to our advertisers, especially Masonic Scarves. Guys, I'll tell you what, if you need custom-made scarves over the finest quality knitting, the finest colors available, give us a call at Masonic, Masonic Scarves. Call us, email us, do whatever you can to get your order in there. It takes four weeks to get them. We can put your lodge number on there. We can do anything for you to make these things really great. Give us a yell. Contact us by, by email. Call us on the phone, however you want to do it, and get your order in. Remember, I have a feeling this is going to be a very cold winter. So, yeah, so yeah, Larry's, Larry's, hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, I'm here to help speed things along for Larry. Uh, so he's going to go through a very long-winded question and ask Jonna about uh, her transition from, uh, or no, from uh, Joby's to Eastern Star. Larry, come on, jump in, ask some questions. Yeah, okay, that's hard to follow. We up. had a beautiful conversation last night. That's what Larry wants to say. It was so good. But, you know, is it? Do people ask you because you're so affiliated with Masons, family Mason? Do Masons control the world? Oh. Larry, you can't even control your microphone. That's what it is. I'm like, everybody who thinks Masons are trying to take over has never seen you guys try and get into parade formation. Like, for real, buffet lines is about your limit. I had a march in Commandery. It was terrible. (laughs) We were not storming anything. Masons are kind-hearted. They will do anything for you, but there's not, like, the, the, um, you know, vile take-over-the-world plan that, that just doesn't exist here. That's not what's happening. When you recruit people... And you do a lot of that. I do. I think you told me last night that you had at least 20 signatures you signed within the past whatever. And uh, you Not all of them. I wasn't related to all of them. How do, you, uh, how do you recruit them? I mean, what do you tell them to get them to sign on the line? Mostly, we're going to have a good time. There'll be snacks at the end. As, okay. And, uh, and we do a lot of good work. But for real, there's a lot of parts of it that you that trying to explain it just removes the beauty of it. You, you can't over-explain it when, you're, when someone's excited about doing it. If they, I mean, I want their questions to be answered. I want them to feel comfortable. But if you're here to analyze this too much, it's probably not the right place for you. You said something about the first Masonic lie, and I loved it. I loved it. It was great. That's what you tell people, you know, oh, you should, you know, you should join the Lodge. It's only one night a month. And then... How long? You you haven't had dinner at home in nine years. Yeah. <laughs> Forget what your dog looks like. First Masonic lie. I love it. Are there more? I don't know. I think it's the take over the world thing. Like, don't worry. We're going to give you a lot of power. We're super important. We, there's all kinds of... Um, mine was, um, could you come to the extra meeting? We need you just to fill in at one of these lower chairs. Right, right. Don't worry. You won't have to say anything. Four years later, I'm sitting in the East. Yeah, right. Oh, no. Just come check it out. We're going to have a good time. Nothing big's happening tonight. Bam. Now you're secretary. We should, uh, we should write like a, a booklet or something like that explaining the 25 misconceptions or whatever about Freemasonry. That would be awesome. That would be like 100 different things you maybe can do. That can be, maybe that can be your fourth book, Larry. We need a pamphlet. Once you get the second one out. Yeah. I think, too, that ma- what's great about Masonry is that it's flexible, so it operates differently for different people. If you're looking for one night a month, you can be a one night a month Mason. If you don't have a good support structure and other things in your life, this is a great place for that for you to tap in and to be able to give back. When we were in Montana, 
we had a church out there. We were really involved in other things. But when things went south, it was Eastern Star who showed up for us. And I really appreciate that about the international brotherhood, whatever you want to say that it is. Holden, you know, knows he has friends in Canada now. Very international Canada. So I traveled to Australia with Job's daughters and things like that. So that um, sort of comfort level is nice to know about. That is pretty cool. It's cool. There's a lot of pressure. Uh, Holden, why don't you tell your friends about this podcast so that they listen and they can listen for you and maybe pass the word to their fathers and mothers about how great this show is? You're definitely missing the Demolay demographic in Canada. We got, we got more 13-year-olds. They're listening to podcasts. They have lots oh, of yes, time they for do. this. That's, yes, that, they do. Well, that's, that's our audience. We're trying to figure out a way generally in Freemasonry how to... Um, Could you be a Pokemon hotspot? Can you work we are, out? This is a Pokemon hotspot. Fabulous. This is or a, not a gym. It's just a hotspot. I caught something really creepy in the alley, by the way. That's what she said. So we're live on Facebook for the last two minutes, and the, the title of this uh, live stream is Darn It Larry Talking to the Mic. And for the last two minutes, you've talked directly into the mic, and you've been letting <laughs> yeah. all, all of our fans down. Oh, you wanted me to do this? Well, that's what you'd usually do. <laughs> Larry's important in the pre-production stage. That's why. His, his true gifts are in the interview. Uh, one of the things, too, we want to talk again, try to refresh your memory. You had the mentioned that... The second that, I ended, he goes that, off uh, mic. That Holden is so involved in this. And you mentioned that, like, other kids may get involved in uh, football, sports, high school types yes. of things. That's why the Hoovers are big in masonry. We're not sports ballers. That, that's, that's it. And, and I think you said, let me quote you, that our, in our family... We pass on a legacy. That's what we do. I thought, man, this guy, this lady here comes up with some good stuff. My undergrad degree is communications. Like, they didn't send me that paper in the mail, Larry. Oh, Larry, okay. see, she's teaching us how to talk into the microphone. It is. Anytime there's some dead air, she Don't quick, touch the table. Yeah, anytime there's some dead air, she quick jumps in to say <laughs> something while you're fumbling. I love the... That's really one of the things, whatever your heritage is, you want your kids to take it away. I don't want this story to end with us. And so to have um, Holden and, you know, there's a whole pack of kids after him is the best part. We're a ripe recruiting area. But um, to be able to join in that, to know what's going on, all of those things is super important. And he carries a heck of a bus tray. So we appreciate his service there. Absolutely. How how did your uh, children avoid J names? I, you know what? I really would have had two H's, but I got overruled. So I have Holden and Kenton. H-I-J-K. We're, at least we're in the same. So could you, um, so for the people that don't know the Hoover family, Boy. could you uh, go from oldest to youngest and give, give their, the, your, your siblings This names? is the point where Jason's turning out, just so you know. Um, I'm the oldest, Jana, then Jared, Judah, Jason, Joslyn, and Josiah. Not at all biblical names. No. A couple of them. Yeah, Actually, it sounds like a Mormon family. <laughs> Josiah yeah. has three J's. Yeah. He has Jack Justice and Job. But. Yeah, well, I mean, my, my family sounds like it's either the, uh, the Beatles or the Saints. It's Peter, John, Paul, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lisa and Dean. My, my bro- I never see them. Uh, or have they disowned you? Is that what it is? Do they uh, live far I, away? They, I am not. For, I'm from a different place. So they don't even know where I live. I'm in the, uh, I'm in the Mason Relocation Program. 
So I love it. The uh, members of my family are referred to as idiot fools and criminals. Nice. Very nice, Larry. Don't you give them a shout out at the end of the show? Yeah, I do. I like that at least you got guns in their hands. Yes, we did. Exactly. So I have a question for you. As someone that's a, um, I want to put you a, a leading authority in, in ladies' organizations, or co-ed organizations. So one of the there problem, are past grand matrons literally flipping their gourd right now over that. They, but I'll yeah. speak for the I'll, I'll speak for the team. So um, I don't I don't want to I don't want to get beaten when my wife hears this. I'm just trying to figure out the proper terminology. I wouldn't call her a feminist, but she's very into you know feminist type causes and um not actual feminism just yeah well yeah sort okay. of feminism so, um I mean, she, she has her own podcast she, called she, feminism light no <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean she shaves her armpits and stuff i mean she's cool <laughs> what oh we there's gonna, gonna be a cosmo oh. tweet for uh, yeah yeah i know but see, that's how we're gonna get listeners i'm gonna make people mad and we're gonna get listeners so um so there was some some work afoot a couple years ago uh some ladies wanted to start a what's called a cauldron that'd be the ladies auxiliary of the grotto uh it's called daughters of makana and um so my wife was in on the early discussions but they lost her at the point where you had to have that masonic relationship so she wanted to join she could join because her husband's a mason but like one of her good friends at work is Korean. There's nobody anywhere in her family. So the only way that she could ever be allowed to join a Masonic organization is she was to marry one. Do you not know about the secret uncle clause? We, well, they did not tell like us about the secret uncle there's clause. There's no actual genetic test to yeah. see who is your uncle that signed the petition. I don't have any direct knowledge of things like that. But okay, because that that's what kind of it kind of rubbed her the wrong way because she took it as if you're not bo- you know any man as long as they believe in God can a become supreme being a supreme being can become a Freemason, um, but because and of the rules, not any woman can join the female organizations. True. She took it as you need to be born into the right family, which kind of frosted her the wrong way. I think that's valid. And some of the organizations, Job's Daughters was the last of the youth organizations to give up Masonic relationship because they felt like it was costing them members. Malay at the beginning had to have a, um, maybe sponsorship. I don't know if at the very beginning if you had to be blood related, but Job's Daughters for decades, I mean, up until the la- just the last year or two, you had to have a, um, a Masonic relationship. So. I mean, I would just think for, for membership reasons, um, it would open you up to a whole new world of ladies that might want to join. And Pass that the, on at the national well, meeting I would for say, me. It, yeah. it, it does come up because, you know, these ladies, you know, you're not leaving the house where you made dinner and, you know, like the, the ladies, organi- ladies organizations, listen to me. The, Predominantly ladies organizations. You know, the dues are less because clearly you would be getting that money from your husband who was working because certainly it's not you, honey, making the most money in that household. And so those sort of things pervade. But that, that's the balance. Do you know what I mean? How, how do we move forward and to stay relevant to people who are maybe ashamed they're married to a Mason? I don't know. But, right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but they, she, they, she doesn't tell her friends. But... Um, 
I think there is there's room for that, and but there are other organizations. That's you know, like maybe this isn't for you. I don't know about daughters of Mokana. Yeah, mm. so it didn't pass here, but yeah. Um, now your it's husband. You said your husband was not into the Masons. Totally not into the Masons. Okay, so what he was, was like supportive of me because he's in love. He likes that, but he was never doing that. That's fine. That's your family's thing. Have a good time with that. And then the last two Hoover boys were joining, and he just came home and said. So your brothers are joining the lodge. I put my petition in too, and I was like, "I'm, I'm sorry. Who? Oh, what?" And so now he's, you know, um, served on the throne in uh, Amaranth, and uh, has uh, is um, is currently the royal patron for or the worthy patron for our Eastern Star chapter. Whoa! Wow. He's he's in with both feet now, and Whoa. he likes lodge, but it's so funny because your wife is sort of, you know, out on this. He loves it, and I know that not all like, not all Masons love this, but we love doing it. That it's our you know thing that we do together. Maybe Eastern Star meetings are a sad excuse for date night, but it gets us out of the house together. So no, I think it's kind of cool. Uh, when I when I joined, um, and I would come here to our our Pennsylvania was an oddball, right? So maybe you can explain that because for a while you could Pennsylvania did not recognize the Eastern Star. Well. Pennsylvania Masons were not allowed to attend meetings, I think is the way it was stated. And I think it's an old power struggle. Um, Not quite 100 years old until W. Scott Stoner lifted the edict. And And he's a a Lancaster, former Lancaster, Lancaster, Lancastrian. Um, Yeah, because I know when I used to come here, there'd be, we'd be here having a meeting or something, and I'd see some freemason and a tuxedo show up that i didn't know and like we would import um a patron from delaware or maryland yeah we because would, a pennsylvania mason wasn't allowed to open the meetings yeah and the, the same thing in job's daughters there's a position there that is for the um, men you know so that masons have an involvement there and so they had a you know we all had a, a like a dispensation that women could serve in that position so What's great about when we were in uh, Montana, other places, it's so strange. But in Montana, like there's couples who would get their 50 year pin in Eastern Star together because, you know, they got married. She joined Eastern Star. He joined with her. All of those things, which is it's cool. Okay, so it's kind of cool. It's very romantic. <laughs> your 50 year anniversary, your 50 year Eastern Star pin. So, Larry, how come you're um, how come Carol's not into the Freemasonry? Carol really doesn't have uh an interest, probably like your husband, Matt. Yeah. And I, I know there's still hope for her, though. I mean, like, we got Matt Green in hardcore. Yeah, you did, but um, there's no hope for Carol. <laughs> and what about uh, your wife, Jason? I'm Not interested. On, I'm working on it. it. You're working on it? Magic 8-Ball says, see, check back later. Yeah, she, she, I don't think she'll ever Carol, Carol mentioned something to me about the white dresses. And uh, she said, it reminds me of a funeral dress. And Who gets buried in white dresses? Lots of the Chinese her mother gowns. Did. I her mean, mother did bri- oh, to be like laid out. Um, Carol's mother did. She was Eastern Star. Oh, okay. I have a really good white dress. That's what I say all the time. Matt, if I get hit by a bus going home, please put me in the white dress. That's it. Let's uh, let's do something. Let's change a little direction here. Ooh. Away from funerals. It was so away great. Away from funerals. Away from the serious talk. Help me here understand something. What in the world is a honey queen? 
Honey Queen is the national, <clears throat> well, the Amer I should say the American Honey Queen is the national representative for beekeeping in the honey industry. You spend a lot of time at fairs and fourth grade classrooms. That's where ag in the classroom is. You were the Pennsylvania Honey Queen. I was Pennsylvania Honey Queen, and then I was the first Pennsylvania Honey Queen to become American Honey Queen. Yes, yes. But 1996. So this is the 20th anniversary of my big national have, title. Do you have like a B girl outfit, like from? Uh, no, I have a, I have a tiara. I have recipe brochures. <laughs> Informational. What was your connection to bees? Uh, just a family connection. Someone who I had babysat for from church because I had done Miss Job's daughter, and she knew that I could be in front of a microphone in a tiara. Hey, you. That'll be great for you. And so. I became Pennsylvania Honey Queen on a yes-no vote because nobody else ran. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Do we want to have a Honey Queen or not? <laughs> what I found interesting, I looked at Google, looked in the Facebook, looked at uh, their images on Google for you. Future guests, Larry and will stalk you on Facebook before you sit behind the mic. The crowns. They're Every good. Every time I saw a picture of you, you had some kind of a crown. Different crowns. How many crowns do you have? I think it's 13. Thirteen. That, that, that's, that's a little bit of a stretch because you have to count all the princess crowns for Job's daughters. You yeah. know, junior princess, senior okay. princess, honored queen. Okay. Demolay chapter sweetheart. Thanks, Nat Cromer. Okay. You don't have State to sweetheart. All right. I'm, I'm taking your word for this. Now, you have 13. I'm kind of creeped out. 13. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> you're kind of a big deal. In the tiara set, like if you're into that, yeah. That's what I. That's always my thing. I'm like a hundred pounds ago. I was a pageant. Are queen. you going to tell us about the other crown? Uh oh. oh what what other crown? How is much this? research did you do? I got a lot of good stuff on you. <laughs> he didn't share <laughs> tell it with us about me. the crown that you wear every day. Oh, somehow Larry knows about my tattoo. I'm guessing this is my dad. Whoa. <laughs> I, th I have a long way to go to get as inked as the other people at this table, but yeah, I have one tattoo until my boys get old enough. I figure like that's a good family bonding thing. We, uh, my boys will be 18. We'll get family, family crest tattoos. Well, I mean, Jason was the Marine. Jason's a Marine. Yes. And Josiah's got a ton of tattoos. Yes. So uh, secret Hoover fun fact. Jared was the first one with a tattoo. Really? Jared. Air Force. Straight laced Jared. That's shocking. Wow. And Judah, none, because he's none. super straight laced. Yeah, okay. All right. But he'll sell you a mortgage or something. He's fantastic. You're hard money man, Judah. Hoover. Yes. <laughs> Any other uh, stalker questions, Larry? What else did you uh, find no, out no. about? One, one, one final stalker. Where, where's the tattoo? Oh, it's slipped below the equator, but it's on my hip. Whoa. <laughs> One of, the, one of the points that Jason and I, um, when we heard Larry was going to do this pre-interview with you, and we're like, Larry, please do not be too creepy. Like, He's fantastic. La like Larry, Such a gentleman. Larry, Larry she's family. Like, let's <laughs> just. Isn't I, that the best part I, of it, though, I really? I know the Masonic rule. Absolutely. Okay. For, for real, though, um, in the morning, what my, you know, like my next sort of Masonic function is in the morning I'm going to a funeral for um, is... Uh, dear dear friend and um lost her dad and she um, lost her mom 10 years ago and so she caters with us she is like the sister god didn't deal to us that my that my sister grabbed for us out of the masonic family we were in job's daughters together and so once you're in somebody's life for 25 plus years they're family that's nice well 
it's nice that you guys are going there. To it's a better her. deal for us than it is for Tina, admittedly. Like, she, yeah, she's part of the Hoover, so she maybe should have chosen more wisely. But we'll keep her. You guys are royalty in New Danville, so yeah. <laughs> the southern end needs, Jeez, a, Lancaster. needs leadership. Her grandfather was chief of police in Lancaster. Oh, this tremendous, almost cult-like. Family here. You're not winning me any church points here with cult-like family. Yeah, yeah. You know, before before we go to break, I think it's fair to say. I mean, just everything the Hoover family is involved in, and you know how great a mentor that Scott, your dad, has been. And but you know, your mom and dad they cater how many different lodges in their in the district? How many are there now? And there's ten. <laughs> I think they do half of them. Um, and you cater most of those with Tina and your sisters, and uh, you guys are all involved in. Well, you're involved in youth group and. What else do you what else do you do in the district that's not necessarily an organization that you're involved in? Oh, like we were all Bible quizzers too. <laughs> well, you're right. also here. I see you oh I don't come here because I hate First Friday. I went to my first First Friday the other night and I hated it. Um, but you're here at our Masonic Center every first Friday. So tell us about that job that you got mm. roped into. Um, the Lancaster Masonic Center, for those of you who don't know, is in downtown Lancaster, which is fantastic centralized location in the guts of Lancaster. And so like the it, lower intestine area, <laughs> it's it's not a great location for a lot of things, but we're right on the cusp of First Friday, this big art walk and all the, you know, movers and shakers in Lancaster here on First Friday. And so it's a we have a market to try and get some of that money as opposed to money out of our own pockets. We always have food. Do we do well with that? It's been hit or miss, but probably during Jason the was saying there's some really good music plays outside. Fantastic oh. music. We're winning Jason for the kingdom. No, it's... I, <laughs> Jay, Jay, if you guys don't know, Jason's been... He's a musician. He's he sells guitars. He's very involved in the music business. Now, we got to be careful because those guys have all shopped with me when I was the general manager of Guitar Center. Okay. And they are fantastic. But they don't have lessons. Like, they never got lessons? They No, it, it's great. You know, I don't know if we want to blow up their spot on the Sonic Light, but we can edit it if we decide not to. Uh, well, they, we, didn't, they, we didn't name them, so it's okay. They, they take popular rock songs and they change it to be uber over-the-top Christian, which I'm sure is awesome in church, but, you know, blast them down... Prince Street in Lancaster just sometimes is a little much. And, you know, John, you come from a you know religious family, and when I walked up this last First Friday, even John said to me, they're a little heavy on the Jesus today. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we want to be sensitive to Jason's needs. Let's see. Uh, that's a good segue. We're going to go to break, uh, come back, and we're going to wrap this show up. Red Serpent by Larry Maris. One man's obsession to avenge the death of his wife uncovers a long-hidden, ancient blueprint to perfect the world for future generations. Visit www.larrymaris.com. You can purchase this book anywhere except CVS.
This is Holden Green, and you're listening to Masonic Light, and we're back. Hey, everybody. Good job there. He uh, sounds like a broadcast major. He's not even in seventh grade He needs yet. his radio voice. Exactly. Yes. So, um, Jason. Yes. Are we going to do a little fun thing here right now? Is yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. It is time for Masonic Light listeners. Get ready for Masonic Would You Rather. So, we're going to play Masonic Would You Rather. Oh, game on. So, normally we would pit you two different totally awesome Masonic-themed questions, but we're going to change it just for you. I feel special. So, we need to set the stage. Pete and Larry are in Lamberton Lodge 476, and I'm in Lodge 43, and you get to interface with us all the time. And you have no opinions of either lodge, I'm sure. Zero opinions. All right. Neither of your checks have ever bounced. We appreciate both lodges. Well, that's good. All right. So, would you rather serve chicken? Actually, we should talk about chicken pot pie. Because for the majority of our listeners, chicken pot pie has a crust on the top. In Lancaster County, it does not. It's more like chicken, chicken and, and dumplings. dumplings. Right. But it, we did it first. But far superior. Exactly. Who would you rather serve chicken pot pie to? 43 or 476? Well, I would have to go with 43. Your meeting is second. Lamberton meets first Tuesday. Lodge 43 is the second Wednesday. We're closer to the end of the month. I'm almost out of this building. Lodge 43 wins. Who can eat? More chicken pot pie. Lodge 43. Oh, oh come on. No, you're, no, you're on the 476 every other month. I'm telling you, I have an answer for that. It's not about what lodge. It's about whether it's ladies' night or not. Because you can serve 40 men the same amount of food as 40 men and their wives. Because if your wife is not sitting next to you, you eat the amount of food she would have if she were there. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. We, is 40 people? Oh, okay. Was it ladies' night? 80 people? Same order. <laughs> Who eats the most chicken pot pie? What, what individual member? Mm, I think I'm looking Pete, at him. Pete's, Pete's in the running yeah, for you're this a monster. one. No, Larry. Pete loves I, his dutchy food. I always go for uh, at least a second. Josh Palmer, past master, 43. Palmer loves it. He's a beast. TJ Mahaffey is a big fan of yeah. the chicken pot pie. He is. I go with TJ as the, as the winner. I've cut back. I do three, and that's it. I saw you go four at the DMLA thing. Yeah, that's right. I did four. DMLA is good pot pie. <laughs> Although they kept... They kept yeah, you know, skimping the yeah. servings. All Holden, right. Holden served that meal. That's what he said. He has a couple of tips for serving after that. He came home with every time you take it back to somebody, eight, eight servings, but they give you a little less every time. Yeah, true. All right, WrestleMania. Game We're going to put the officer line of 43 and the officer line of 476 in a ring. Oh, hold on, it's summer break. I haven't seen you guys in a while. Hold Who on, remains standing? Like uh, this is like a brains versus brawn question for real. The, Which the one? Forty-three. Yeah, no brains. Oh, shit, right? <laughs> Sorry, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Okay, that's a yeah. Good, brains good, versus brawns. You do the way, math. Good way out. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think that uh, forty-three that looks intimidating. All the ink is you know like you, you look intimidating at the net is what the problem is. People are like, how about those guys with the ink like on their neck? Yeah, our tuxes cover that up. Last question. 
uh, speaking about the way that we look. Who Speed is the better looking lodge? You know what? Uh, Jake Keneal really brings it up for you guys in 43. Like, he's a little spiffy down there. I appreciate that. He puts the hipster spin on things. Absolutely. Yeah, Lambertoon, we don't care. Yeah. So Lam- you, you guys can take the hipster prize. We'll let you have it. I would have to think about who's the more jeweled. Lamberton does good. You guys all have the pocket protector name badge, which is a nice touch. But yeah, it's Pennsylvania. We, we should we should maybe decide on past master night when everybody pulls out their big jewels to show off the. But, but we're still not allowed to wear too much fun stuff in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, oh, is it different in other places? They have more Masonic bling. Yeah, I mean, like um, we're not even supposed to wear our like past masters jewel like anywhere other than the lodge. Yeah, there's all kinds of rules. They too make. much flair. Sounds restrictive. Yeah, too much flair. All right. Well, that was our modified. Would you rather? Good news, everyone. Masonic light news. News not fit to print. Okay, so I don't have much for the news. Um, because it's summertime and there's not much going on. However, there's been an article circulating. This came from uh, uh, Independent Magazine, uh, Independent, I think, co.uk. And, and this has made it across the past bastard, and even the guys on Masonic Roundtable have talked about this. And there's two different uh, topics here. So Sky TV or Sky Network uh, is, got the okay to come into the Grand, United Grand Lodge of England and actually do a documentary and supposedly they are going they got the okay to document some ritual so a couple weeks ago nobody knew what that meant so it's surfacing that they're probably going to be able to document uh, for documentary uh, some ritual uh, practice work so first degree or something so it's all kind of in a move to demystify uh, Freemasonry in, in England so on top of that, uh, Independent went in and interviewed one of the, uh, the current Grandmaster, one of the past Grandmasters, and he said, you know, we're trying to really make uh, a play here to get more millennials in and demystify what we do. There's been a lot of implications about politicians in, in England, and we want to make sure that, you know, people know what's really going on here. Like Jonna said, it's all about the, uh, the pancakes. And he was quoted as saying, you know, it would be probably a good idea if some of our senior members actually smiled once in a while. Oh, <laughs> and, come on. So the, uh, you know, the, the membership is on decline. However, that millennial 21 to 30 demographic uh, is on the rise. They're, I think they're up about uh, 7% at the moment. So, and the Independent pulled a, uh, a picture from 1992 of their grand line. That was the picture at the top of their headline, and it was a bunch of uh, men, obviously, not smiling. So the, the Pennsylvania Freemason is pretty much my uh, go-to source for Masonic news, and so I couldn't tell if that article, when I saw it on on your Facebook page was like the Masonic version of the onion. Like if it was a legit story that they want you to smile, because I think that's one thing in that balance of tradition and relevant is you've got to be nice to people once they get here. Like nobody came for ritual Olympics night one. I mean, that that's a good segue. One of the, we quote them almost every week on here, but there's, there's a Masonic satire page and it's called the past bastard. And, they just recently did one on on the grotto, and I I had to like read it a couple times because it's so spot on that I'm like I even though I know yeah even though I know that it's satire I'm like this is pretty legit, and um, I'll just go down to like the third or fourth paragraph. But just saying how you know grottos 
having resurgence because they're doing things a little different. And uh, they're quoting somebody here, and it says, guys get tired of coming into an organization, getting, up, getting hit up for a few hundred bucks in fees, dues, pins, and all that stuff, and on top of it, getting hit up for even more money every time they come to a meeting. We want to be the anti-Shriners. Come down, have a good time, and we won't hassle you for money each week. You know, that's so, a great ad. Yeah, I mean, that's great. You know, so, yeah, smile and uh, maybe not like shake your members down for uh, money and every, every week. And be nice, dude. Yeah. That's great news, man. That's all I got. That's that, the news. That's the news. John, I really thank you for coming tonight. Being a guest, I hope we didn't offend you in not any way. Not at all. I knew what I and was in for. You have been a great guest, and actually, you had the distinction of being the first female guest. And let me tell you, not the last. Not the I last. hope not. That's the best. Also, too, uh, some special thanks to a few people, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Our thanks to our Scott Hoover painters, uh, Masonic Scarves, and the Red Serpent. And a special thanks to our own Jason Lewis for um, Masonic Light Number 10's production. You did a bang-up job. We really do thank you for everything you're doing for us. Thank you. Uh, also, thanks to our podcast reviewer. You know we have a podcast reviewer? His name is Kent Stan Denois. Oh. Uh, to, to, our, to our special thanks to our joke evaluator, joke evaluator, Odessa Goodwin, and uh, also our director, Rocco Ruggieri, who works diligently and hard 24-7, and he's currently involved in building our new studio. I wish you well. Be careful. Again, news director Jason Lewis for all the fine work he's doing. Our foreign correspondents who haven't checked in with us in a long time, not a worthy and I'm a blather, uh, they're in Afghanistan. What, what the heck they're doing in Afghanistan? I no idea. Afghanistan. Jeez. And a special thanks to the Lancaster Masonic Center, who continues to let us record in their beautiful downtown Lancaster facility. Or else they really don't know we're here. No, I'm th- I think it's totally unsanctioned. And don't finally, sign the book. finally, to our pseudonym consultant, Norm DePlume. Until next time. This I, is Larry. I, wish, I wish the radio could see me rolling my eyes. I'm physically sick right now. Until next time, this is Larry Maris. Um, yeah, I'm Pete. Bye. Jason Lewis. John Green, have a great night. Have a great night, and we'll talk to you again. And uh, with that, we'll start moving on to this is where. What are we moving on to? I guess Larry's ramblings. Larry's ramblings. Oh, ready? Ready? Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't care. You just whatever you want to say in front of your son. That's your only limit. No, that's what my dad said to me like a lot before. He like just don't swear on the podcast. Swear all you want. Do you swear a lot? Thinks you're fucking vulgar. Here's the thing. He doesn't advertise. He has a lot of business, and you can't call him either. It's like working with the Amish. No phone, no electricity. So if you're really interested in the quote, and you don't live in Australia, 
make sure he gets the message. We'll make sure he gets the message. Send us a note to our web address, masoniclight.com, and we'll make sure he gets the message. How about we do it like a real commercial? Like, can we? Oh, right, right, right. You didn't like yeah. that. Yeah, normally he'd be yes, but he's got a bad side effect. Yeah, how about we, I understand you want it to be funny, but how about we do it straight and actually, like, maybe give his phone number so somebody could contact he him? He doesn't want his phone number given. That's the whole problem. I said we would use our website. That's who you have to pre-qualify you. It's like the mob. Yeah, no phone number. Oh, my gosh. I want to roll around in those donuts. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs>